So you've written this book. We should speak to others. We've referenced your um, the Starbucks. You speak to the people in your community as you speak to the people who call from around the globe. You open yourself to up to other views. But in these last three or four years, not that it wasn't always there, has become a, a, a re-emergence or a more public emergence or a more brazen speaking of these terrible words and thoughts. We've had a coup attempt. We've had this white supremacist president. Why should I follow your premise of reaching out? Before we get into some of the details of your book, given this shit that's happened, given the risk to democracy, if that coup attempt had been successful or police had joined it, why? I am so glad you asked about why. The truth of the matter is, I think Donald Trump was a blessing. You ever have that cut on a part of your body that it looks like it healed over and there's a slight thick skin on it. But if you ever uh, scrape it, you can see that the rat is still underneath or the, the raw is still underneath on that cut. And that's where we are as America. Liberals like to go ahead and talk about conservatives as, as being the racist part of, uh, of all of that. I'm going to tell you something and you may find this interesting. Some of the most vicious racism I've faced hasn't been somebody calling me the N-word, but simply being invisible at a progressive convention. You went somewhere and they didn't, they didn't see you. They didn't hear you. Right. And, I, and that is even more vicious than the other. The other thing that I can tell you, I can tell you that I went and I interviewed the, the family of Daniel Boone in West Houston at a Tea Party event. In Daniel. A, in Daniel Boone. Descendants of Daniel Boone. Yeah. West Houston. Yeah. I sure that I've read a biography of him. There I am. I am talking to these guys, tea party and all of that. And in as much as I know the genuineness wasn't necessarily there, by the time we were done talking, they wanted to show me that they weren't racist. They were racist, but they wanted to show me they weren't. But by the time we were done, in as much as they are who they are, they got an understanding of black people, Latinos, and all of that, that they never knew. And you could see, I could watch them change the way in, in front of them because there was somebody when they said something silly, didn't just come back and fight, came back and said, okay, tell me exactly why you feel that way. And when they realized that what was happening in them was ridiculous. Look, Donald Trump did something that very few can do. Donald Trump went into the carnal mind of white people that said, remember, if they ever come into the fold, they're taking something away from you. That's the only way Donald Trump gets 74 million votes, mostly white, because they think somehow something is being taken. Now, I wish there were more people who were willing to go up and say, I'm going to listen to you talk the crap, the belief that you have, and then ask you, what do you think is a birthright that you've had that I'm taking away? The reality is you've never had a birthright. You've been fooled for these all these years. And that's I go through a lot of that in my book. You've been fooled, yeah. Right. I go through a lot of that in my book. The people, you know, people think, oh, racism, black people getting hurt and all of that. Racism hurt everybody. And the truth of the matter, racism is what allow all them people in Appalachia to be poor. It allows all the pain that's going through white America right now. It's that's what's causing it. And in the book, I kind of explain some of that. And it's like, when we see the light, I have this term I use on my show. When we unite Appalachia, the ghettos, and the barrios, it's a stereotype. But when we unite Appalachia, the ghettos, and the barrios, we would have won the war because the idea is the plutocracy has to keep white people, black people, Latinos, and everybody fighting among each other so that we don't see where the problem really is. So there, there, was, a, there was a brief moment where uh, Robert Kennedy and LBJ thought that was the vision. 
you believe that that vision is is still there. Oh yeah, look. Let me tell you something. When I talk to people one on one, I see people's humanity. When you speak to people in crowds, what you see is a mob. All kind there are all kinds of mobs. In other words, if I get a whole bunch of people together where peer pressure takes control, people lose their humanity to the goings of the herd. You know, we talk about trying to get herd immunity, right? Herd immunity is infiltrating enough people's minds with the kind of beliefs I talk about in in let's say it's worth it. When I say it's worth it, that's what I mean. It's worth it's worth going through what I go through with, you know, name calling and all of that if I think I'm going to plant a seed in somebody's head. Even if it doesn't immediately emerge, my thing is if I can create and replicate many which there are many others doing this as well uh that into people's minds people would get it and if we get enough of the people believing or acknowledging these things herd immunity again right because suddenly when you are inside of your herd where you would have had these stupid thoughts or where you would have had these racist thoughts it looks so stupid i mean that that is already in effect right you as a liberal you as a white liberal guy you hang around a whole bunch of uh, uh people that are progressive a, a, a lot of them and in that herd certain things look very strange when they do certain things you are an advocate for true ju- for criminal justice environmental justice racial justice social justice you support all of that because you're that's where your herd is let's crystallize your vision you believe you have the capacity and you have successfully brought people to a better place. Yes. Is that cool? And then and that will help keep us free because that'll keep us from the conflict that results otherwise. Yes. Okay. And so sometimes I feel I look at 1492, 1619 Nicole Hannah Jones, 1620 Plymouth Rock, 1776 Reconstruction, the reaction to President Obama, and I have to admit I, I, and then I look at an ecological crisis on top of it. And I, I have to admit, I, I, I'm not sure I see the way out of it. So you, you maintain that faith out of it. You were born in Panama. Yes, Central America. Does that give you a different perspective? What is, what is that immigrant experience and that immigrant experience from, from your neck of the woods give you? This stance that I'm taking, I don't think is a stance based on my upbringing or where I'm from. I think this is developed. I think I was just as sexist. I was just as homophobic. I was just as a, I had a lot of my own isms. When I fought off my first ism, which I think was homophobia. You've that, been open I, about this. You, you often reference this. I, and, and because it, that is how deep it was. Where I, the part of the world where I'm from, homophobia, I mean, homophobia is, is real. So the reality is I'm genuinely not there anymore at all. I mean, it's not even in the carnality part right. of my thing. Right. And the same, have, it's same is with sexism. All, all these isms that I had, I overcame. They didn't happen by magic. They were intentional. It wasn't only logic. Logic says racism is stupid. And you can ask any racist and they'll acknowledge it's stupid. I mean, if, if I'm a black guy, you're a white guy. You have a white sister and there's a possibility if your white sister needed a heart transplant, you couldn't give her. And there's a possibility that me as a black guy, if I drop dead and my heart is still usable, she could use it. Why the hell does racism mean anything if that's the, if that's the reality? It is stupid. It, intellectually, we know that. And, there's and there's we know an all the family episode where, where Archie got a blood transfusion from a black man. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was worried. Yeah. He was worried what it would do to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when you, when you start, you, you, you first get the intellectual, right? 
And after the intellectual, when you get past that intellectual thing, you have to make it here. Well, here really means here, right? I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. So I, I get it. And my thing is to talk to people and say, listen, uh, it, it is, you have to be intentional with these things. And you also have to realize that these are the fears and the things that the powers that be use against us. Do you think Oprah and Trump are really big enemies? Hell no. Oprah and Trump. Think about it. You know, I saw Oprah's interview and they're talking about the racism at the palace and all that kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is at this level that Oprah is, she may have problems at a shop in, 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 in France who doesn't know who she is. But ultimately, she was able to go buy the shop and say, well, now you know who I am. We mistake a lot of times what the plutocracy, those in power, maintain by keeping us all fighting among each other uh, with what's really going on. The president of China and America and all of these guys, they break bread together. And they'll have their armies fight to get power. And then when it's all over, we are dead and they are sitting down at a table having caviar. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.